This is the Timothy Project Podcast, and we exist to equip and encourage pastors, missionaries, and ministry leaders. My name is Chad Hunsberger, and with me again today is David Leonard. How are you doing, David? Hey, I'm doing well, thanks. Excellent. And Colin Fortenberry, how are you? I'm good, thank excellent, you. Excellent, excellent. So uh, in, in light of the way that we kind of release these uh, podcasts, we, we put them in groups together, and so we have recently recorded a podcast uh, about just the the need for healthy relationships between the lead pastor and the worship leader, worship pastor, music minister, whatever title that uh, is. And uh, we established that we have a good relationship, and we're thankful for that. Um, kind of near the end of that, Colin, you started kind of diving into a little bit of like why that, or how that even affects sermon or, or worship service planning, uh, but in song selection and kind of the direction that the service goes, how all that, how a relationship affects that. But um, so, so I think a helpful topic is like, how does one choose the right song, the right, uh, or, or what makes a song right, uh, maybe what makes a song wrong, all that. So kind of song selection. And then kind of the bigger picture is even like the concept of the worship gathering, what all, mm-hmm. uh, what, what drives that. And so, um, yeah, this is, so that's to both of you guys, kind of what, uh, where do you guys start? Uh, what does that look like as you're thinking through a, uh, a worship service and, and what songs to choose and not, and that kind of thing. So uh, we could talk for a while about this. Uh, it could. So we'll have to uh, guard that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but I did bring a few thoughts. I planned. Well done. How about that? Great job. Uh, so there are a couple of key, key uh, like kind of guiding uh, principles, I'll say. Uh, the first, and, and these are not original with me, but they're just ones that I've heard and like and agree with and you. So the first is uh, that everything that we do uh, within uh, uh, planning music for, for worship gatherings, everything that we do is for doxology. So all is, is for doxology. And uh, we talked about this in, in church uh, not long ago, but that word doxology when like the etymology of it uh, is is words of glory or words of grandeur, and for the for the church for in Christianity, it's praise to God. It's giving praise to God. So everything that we do um, is for giving God glory, praising God. Mm-hmm. And so with that, the the kind of the other uh, guiding principle is to plan with a destination in mind. You always plan with a with where you want to end up and where we want to end up every time is doxology, is giving glory to God, singing, singing praises to God. Mm. And uh, oftentimes, like, I'll start with the last song. Like, right, where, where right. do I want to go? Like, where do we want to mm-hmm. end up? And then you can, you know, reverse engineer from there. But you always plan with the destination in mind. There's that old mm. illustration. I don't know who, who said it. Somebody said it. But, you know, it's like, oh, we're going to go to Disney World. Let's get in the car and go to Disney World and never look at like where, what direction to go in. Like, you know, you don't have your, you, you can like know your destination and not know how to get there, but you can also just like get in the car and drive aimlessly and not. So you always want to plan with a destination in mind and that affects the steps that you take to get there. Uh, But, but uh, so those are kind of two, two kind of guiding thoughts, everything for doxology and plan with that destination in mind. But uh, on a practical um, 
a, a way before you get to like song selection, um, it helps to have, uh, it, this has been very helpful for me, um, to classify your songs, to categorize them. It's probably a better, a better word. Um, and so I, I categorize them into three different categories. Um, the first is, uh, and, and this is not like exhaustive, but this is a very general way to kind of put songs into three different buckets. The first kind, because, and it's not, uh, the buckets that we're putting them in is not like themes, meaning right, right. this is a cross bucket, and this mm -hmm. is a, you know, whatever, this is a resurrection mm -hmm. bucket. These are what the, the songs do, the, the role that they play within the worship service. So there are songs that are for gathering, uh, and, and so um, we'll, we'll, we can kind of, you know, describe what that is. But songs that are for gathering, songs that are for testimony, and then songs that are for ascription or exaltation. And so gathering type of songs are calls to worship. Mm -hmm. And these are, I mean, you look in throughout the Psalms, sure. you know, yeah, there's yeah. loads of them. I, the one that I have that, that's one of my, you know, favorites, but Psalm 95, come let us sing for joy to the Lord, uh, let us shout aloud. These are calling to ourselves, calling to nature, calling to one another, calling to everybody to come and worship. Mm -hmm. um, they're often the upbeat songs, the really, you know, high tempo, because they're, they're exciting. They're meant to engage us and to pull us in. Uh, and songs of testimony, that's where, like, the bulk of worship songs tend mm -hmm. to live. It's like, what has God done? Yeah. What sure. has Christ done for us? I mean, we could all name just loads. Those are usually the ones that are on the radio. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but then uh, the last category, the songs where we're, uh, where we're ascribing or where we're exalting, these are those doxology moments. Mm -hmm. And these are the like, these are the, the heavy hitters. Like, these are the ones that, um, like, if I ever talk about this, this is like you remember the first time you heard these songs. Right, right, or, right. you know, the, they're the ones where like the first, the illustration I always use, the first time that I ever uh, was a part of a worship uh, gathering where Revelation song was done. Mm -hmm. I think everybody remembers where they were. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like it's like a national holiday that when I heard Revelation song for the first time. But it's like these are the songs that are totally vertical mm -hmm. uh, in nature, and they are just describing worth to God. They're singing, you know, holy, holy, holy. These are, uh, you know, oh praise the name of the Lord right, right. our God. Those those kinds of songs, glory, honor, power, wealth, wisdom, all of these things. Um, so when you when you can classify those three kinds of songs, those are the steps that whenever whenever I'm planning a service, that we always take those steps in that order. If it's on a normal Sunday morning, so we will always start by saying like, "Hey, let's let's worship, let's come together, mm -hmm. let's sing." Let's shout for joy. Now that we're here, let's remember what, what God has done. So sure. we're going to sing our testimony. We're going to remember what Jesus has done. Um, and then as a response to that, let's give glory to God. And we're always moving towards that, that destination. And, and I liked what you said. These aren't necessarily like this is in the cross bucket and a resurrection bucket and a family bucket or, or whatever. But at the same time... Um, it is in some ways, sometimes a song can transition from one of those into the other, right? Yeah, there are these so, in-between songs. Yeah, that there yeah. can be like a testimony song that is that ends with, so because you've done all this stuff, oh, praise the name of the Lord. Yeah. Like, so yeah. uh, that kind of, that can happen as well. So it's yeah. not, it's not even like a um, perfect line right. that 
we pick this song and it's only come and gather. And the second song is, and that, that a, a service always even has to have three songs in order. And, you know, so it's, it's yeah. not always that either. Yeah. Uh, so well, like yeah. this past, so this past, this past Sunday, the date that we're recording right now, the, the a couple days mm-hmm. ago, the, the three songs that we did, the first song had, had a line that was, um, it's awake, you know, uh-huh. the song of our freedom. It's rejoice. It's these words of like calling. And then right. the second song was, was about, uh, Christ crucified. Mm-hmm. And so it's remembering what Jesus has done. And then we ended up with a thousand hallelujahs. Right. Um, so it's, it's, it, you see how it kind of can move in that direction, but there are times where, you know, songs like glorious day, I mean, why would mm-hmm. you put that late in the service? It's mm-hmm. way too upbeat. Right. But, right. But it is a song about, it's a testimonial song. Right. I mean, the whole song is. So it can be at the start, though. Like, it, mm-hmm. it works. But um, I think, you know, on a, I think that the bigger kind of, uh, the, the, the bigger point maybe is to make sure that you have a good balanced diet mm-hmm. of them. If you're doing all testimony songs, uh, that's where I think you can, you can uh, I don't know, you, your response is only dictated by, by, you know, how you feel about God or like, you know, you've done this, you've done that. And those are important and they have a very important role, but, but there's something wonderful and necessary about singing songs that are not about us at all, Mm -hmm. that are totally vertical. And so you want to have those present and you want to also have songs that are very horizontal where we're singing to one another, Mm -hmm. uh, where we're, uh, you know, we're calling out to one another, I'm blanking on some some ideas, but songs like you know, ten thousand reasons, bless the Lord, oh my soul, mm-hmm. where Open we're calling, yeah, 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 we're we're calling, uh, we're calling out to one another. We're even, yeah, like open up the heavens. We're calling out to God, mm-hmm. like we're here. We've waited for this day. Mm-hmm. We're gathered in your name, and so open up the heavens. Yeah. Like we want to see you, show us your glory. That kind of request. We're and that's we also like have broken down those three things. You you helped do a nice little alliteration. This is where to tag off the previous podcast. Partnering with your yep. with your lead pastor, very good at yes. <laughs> but requ- we're requesting, and then we're remembering, and then we're rejoicing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's good. Uh, when Colin, when you think some, uh, whether it's within those three kind of uh, buckets or however that is, and and specifically you're working with Matthew about thinking through a service and that kind of stuff, or or maybe even kind of working alongside David, helping think through stuff. Then you get to like specific songs. Um, I'm going to plant this in there because I know this is what y'all do. Y'all, y'all are looking ahead at the, the text that I'm going to preach or in that case that Matthew's going to preach or when you're working with students, Ford's going to preach. I, I can see in, uh, significant value in that. Tell me why though that that is tell the listeners maybe why why do that why not just make a set and see how it and the lord will make it work or whatever why why look at the text that i'm going to be preaching how does that even affect any of that well i, I believe that it's important because you want to to look at the text first and and like read god's word like cuz it's mm-hmm. from the lord um and start there like from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then whenever we're thinking about how we want to worship, since we're focusing on this passage of scripture mm-hmm. or whatever, we want to worship because of what we're learning or worship in light of what we're learning. Um, because I feel like that, that sometimes 
gives people an opportunity that they wouldn't have necessarily realized um, when reading whatever passage of scripture that, hey, we can still worship the Lord mm-hmm. in this spot. And I think one example that just popped into my mind was um, when we're thinking about like genealogies and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I, like I think of Matthew's begats and whenever we right, sang sure. that at Christmas a couple yeah. years ago, like we see the faithfulness of the Lord throughout generations. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times people would read that, myself included, we would get to the, these passages of scripture that seem kind of monotonous sometimes, maybe a little bit repetitive. And it's like, okay, we get it, right? Right. But whenever we, we give an opportunity to worship on these passages of, of scripture, or um, we we schedule songs that that relate to this concept mm-hmm. or whatever it is, it, it helps people to understand that hey, there is still worship to be found in yeah. this passage of scripture. It's good. And a lot of times, I, I try to get into the habit of uh, like the prayer before the sermon coming up. Mm-hmm. I, I I pray to the Lord, it's like Lord, help us to continue to worship yeah. as we open the Word, as we we do this, and so. Um, that is another example of, of why we want to, to have that cohesion, right? We want to have worship continue through just the singing or just yeah. the music. Um, and I, I think that's that's one or two reasons that are um, very obvious to me. Yeah, I think you, you just gave an example, but like you preach Matthew 1, which I have done before, and it is it is the genealogy, right? And and on that day, man, it would be very fitting to sing a Great Is Thy Faithfulness mm-hmm. kind of song, right? Like where that... Where sometimes I think uh, we can also get, um, if you're not careful, you can look uh, and and try to find all of the matching words based on the text. So then it's like you're only looking for words. Uh, okay, well this this Sunday talked about last Sunday. This Sunday I'm preaching on like Moses being put in the basket uh, as a baby, like going down the Nile River. Right. Well, like there's probably not a lot of Moses in the basket songs, right? So, so like if you're if you're trying to be that literal, then you're kind of missing the intent. Mm-hmm. So there is worship to be found there. It doesn't have to be, uh, to your point, it doesn't have to be singing the Begats song yeah. to still gain worship from it. It can be a, a something else that is that is connected that will set the stage. That will then, in this in a sense, it's like sometimes those are. Uh, ahead of time illustrations, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're going to illuminate the text before we ever even open the text. It's going to bring light to something that I will get to say later uh, in, the, in the sermon. But it, it's like it, uh, your mind, even when you leave then, so when the church member leaves and they think back about the 60 or 70 minutes they were in the room, uh, it didn't, like if I preach... 1 Corinthians 13 on love, it doesn't mean that every song is just, I could sing of his love forever, right? Mm-hmm. But the whole of the day might be a reminder about love. There might be one line in a song that connects or that. And so I, one of the things I appreciate is those one lines, because what that says to me is that you are very intentional. When, when I'm thinking about you guys and your intentionality of song choice, it might be that you were looking at that one line in verse three about, you know, whatever the thing is, oh, that, that connected directly to the, the theme of whatever text I'm preaching. And it's like, oh, man, the, it, 
doesn't that doesn't always have to be shared, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have to pause in the middle of the song and say, "Hey, by the way, get ready, this is coming." Yeah. Or and I don't always have to point back. It's like l- allow the church member to kind of make some of those connections, even on their own. That can be healthy. Yeah, and I would say that I, th- I feel like I've learned that specific um, worship-leading lesson um, the past couple of years since uh, David's been here. Mm. Um, I, th- I, I think I mentioned it last episode, just like very briefly, that um, it used to be uh, my job to uh, to lead worship every single Wednesday for students, mm-hmm. and, and my philosophy on that was just to play a good worship song that mm-hmm. other people can worship too. But then when David got here, um, he began mentoring me and teaching me how to um, to be more intentional with mm-hmm. that. And I think that that is very important. Trying to find, if even if it is just like one line of a song that mm-hmm. that would be able to relate back to to what we're learning about something, or that one line could could get stuck in someone's head and jog people's memories about the entire day and yep. and help them remember about um, like what we're learning, the concepts mm-hmm. that we're learning about the Lord. And I think, you know, there are like to the Moses basket thing, there are times where you're like, well, yeah, what are we, mm-hmm. what are we going to do there? <laughs> um, uh, but that's where I think like having a, a philosophy for, for worship mm-hmm. that is always remembering what Jesus has done and always remembering that, that we, that we are, uh, we're like the as great line of like we're just there to rehearse ourselves for heaven mm-hmm. uh, because and and another good thing is that you know you you typically will you know the last five ten minutes of your sermon will have the gospel presentation mm-hmm. in it you know we don't we don't like to let a Sunday get by where one of us doesn't say it you right. know sure um, and so it's never you know if you're if you are singing. Christ and Christ crucified, which is a song. Yeah. But if you're singing that message, you're never far away from, like you're not far away from the message that's going to be brought, you know, and there, mm-hmm. but there are times that, that we can, you know, like planning Good Friday or playing mm-hmm. where it's more thematic. Yeah. And that's good to do mm-hmm. uh, as well. So it's more of like a regularly, yeah. you know, planning. We want to be sure that we're doing that we're, that we're doing these things. We're kind of always bringing ourselves to a point of, of looking up. And, and with like the lines, you know, it can just be like in, in a moment where maybe the, the songs have a, a, a thread that you can, that you can pull on, uh, like, like God's faithfulness um, or, or life, that he's the one who, who gives us life. And you just insert a little bit of that into, you know, the, the set. And that's all that it needs. Like we're not there to Mm -hmm. preach. Uh, but you know, that's, that's just that little extra bit of help. And, you know, if your songs are, are saturated with, with, with the word and are, are, you know, have some depth to them, uh, you're not going to have to, you're not going to have to do the talking and do all, Mm -hmm. you know, it's going to be easy. The connections are going to happen, but yeah, there's, there are lots of ways to, to, to approach it, but I think you know, just having a well-rounded, making sure you have a balanced diet in your yeah. your weekend and week out, and you know, doing what you can to to always point to to the point of doxology where we're where we're we've taken our eyes off ourselves, and now we're looking up, um, and at the same time, along that path, that we're remembering and we're trying to find a good theme or two that's going to at a minimum complement. 
what the pastor is going to mm-hmm. be preaching on. Yep. I, I think to pastors, this is something I would, if you're a pastor listening right now, I would want you to hear how pre-planning your sermons can then affect the whole of the service. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes that disconnect is is kind of forced on the music minister, worship pastor, because they don't know what the preacher's preaching on. They might know, hey, we're in this series on whatever book, uh, but they don't know anything else because they haven't. The pastor hasn't planned ahead of time, hasn't talked ahead of time. We talked about that in the last episode, having a, enough of a relationship that you can have those conversations. But there are lots of pastors that that aren't planning ahead enough to help out your music minister. And especially if you have a, a choir you and you would love for that choir who sings whatever the special is right before you preach, you would like for that to match, then you need got to give that music minister three or four weeks heads up, right? They, they're not teaching the choir on Friday afternoon a song for Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so there's that kind of... Uh, Music ministers around the globe would always love to have that ahead of time. The, the more runway, the the better in that regard. It doesn't have to be like detailed. Like we're we're in oh, the, yeah. we're in the middle of an Exodus thing, and you even said uh, before we got into it, you know, like hey, a theme that I'm going to keep coming back to just yep. frequently is our need for God. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, well, I've got that. Then like, yep. there's there's so many songs about how we need God. Yep. Like that, those little bits where. Even if it's like, man, I haven't fleshed this whole thing out yet, yeah. and I don't know exactly, but I know that these are some themes that are going to mm-hmm. be appearing. So get some songs mm-hmm. in mind. Those kinds of things are just yep. hugely helpful. Yeah. Another thing, again, to pastors, I, I was uh, told this at a conference one time. It wasn't directed like to me, but uh, I heard it at a conference, I guess, and it was a huge reminder for me um, that as the pastor, your job is not to just turn over uh, all of the songs and everything that happens to a music minister as though you never involved in that. This is a part of like, you actually teach through singing. People remember songs. I mean, y'all know, like there's, there's Bible verses we remember because it was in a song. I mean, for mm-hmm. crying out loud, we remember the ABCs because it was a song first, right? Like that's, yeah. that's how we remember those things. And so similarly, there, there is like a, not like a, I don't trust Colin and I don't trust David. It's like a, hey, let's talk through. If there's a new song, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to see the lyrics before we ask the whole church to sing it. Mainly because I'd love to, hey, have we thought about what this means? I think in almost well four and a half years or five years or whatever it is, there's been like one song we really had much of a... We're like pause. We're maybe like, we don't want to do that one, yeah. right? Um, but it was because of a one line on something that we like. Uh, it wasn't wrong, but it was yeah. like. Is this going to be more if, confusing? If, the, the whole, like, if you have to ask the question, that's your answer. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, so that there's so much music out there. Why? why yeah. Why? And which leads me to this kind of question. We, um, not, this is this is much much can get like into a whole other podcast. I'm not trying to get into, but <laughs> there are. There are reasons to not do a song. Yeah. I think some of those, is there, well, y'all can speak into this if I say something uh, that you have a different thought of, but one of those reasons in my mind is when it, when it doesn't really like, uh, 
I think the only phrase I can say is like when it's just fluff, mm-hmm. yeah. right? It's not rich. And I'm not saying that it's not biblically accurate or true, but it just, all it really does is like raise emotion maybe, but it, it's not, there's nothing. Again, when I think of doxology, I also think about how that, um, there's a uh, Matt Boswell book, Doxology and Theology, and I think about how those are supposed to go together. And in the same way that I hope my sermon doesn't have fluff, I also don't hope that we don't have just kind of we're not offering very much to the Lord when when that when we're just saying fluffy things, if that makes sense. Yeah. Is there anything else y'all would add to that? To kind of what reasons to not sing something? Yeah, I think that with music, you, you mentioned how we we teach through music, mm-hmm. and I I wholeheartedly agree with that, and I think that. It's it's a it's a bit subtler way of teaching, and mm-hmm. I think that it goes unnoticed by a lot of people. Like like you said, we learn the ABCs through mm-hmm. music, and eventually you just realize, oh, I know the ABCs because of that song. And I think it's the same exact thing for for these teachings. And so that's such an incredible opportunity that we have as worship leaders to be able to um, to to teach people through that without them being. Um, or without them thinking, it's like, oh, hey, I'm I'm sitting in another sermon mm-hmm. here. Um, it's it's very just. Uh, I'm trying to think of the word, but just very subtle to where it's mm-hmm. like you're continuously being washed right. over with this teaching, and eventually it just becomes like a second nature kind of thing. Sure. Um, and I will say, like that is a, a very big responsibility as worship leaders, yeah, as well, because like you said, that there are reasons to not choose songs, and I think that that is something that all worship leaders and pastors as well that want to be involved with, with worship. That's something that we need to be aware of um, and being sure that everything is biblically sound. Mm-hmm. Everything is um, rich with the word and not just um, fluff. Like mm-hmm. you said. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, and just coming back to like make having that balanced diet and going through your songs and seeing, you know, yeah, that, that that song doesn't carry a whole lot mm-hmm. with it. it. There's there's a lot of stuff, you know, and and we could get off on a whole other, yeah. a whole other pocket of like worship artistry, and you know uh, stuff that that you might hear on the radio where it, it really moved you in your car that mm-hmm. afternoon. But it, does it translate to your room mm-hmm. of you know a hundred and twenty mm-hmm. or or whatever whatever it is whatever right. the setting, um, and is that really gonna in the economy of time? That you have that day is that is that gonna serve the best right um, and so there are times where you're like I like that song and that's not even a bad song to listen to mm-hmm. in the car it's nice it's pointing me to something but uh, it's not necessarily like leading me <laughs> to yeah. something you know yeah. it's like it's reminding me of a thing uh, or reminding me of something good uh, and there are lots of songs like that and there's songs where I'm like man they got so close to like like being mm-hmm. great on that yeah. one, yeah. and but it's like it, it just stopped short a little bit. But yeah, that that's usually what kind of uh, keeps me from from doing a song and just knowing your room, you know, knowing what what goes with with your people. You know, some rooms love upbeat songs, some it just doesn't take, mm-hmm. you know, as well doesn't land as well, and that's okay. You might really like that song, and that's a great song for like you to to worship the Lord. Through, mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that 
that the rest of everybody else has to endure it, you yep. know? Yep. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's just knowing your room, knowing what, what works well, knowing your people that you have on the, on the platform. If you have, you know, some ladies that can really lead well, like looking more at some mm-hmm. of those songs. If, like, there's a lot of factors of what, what gets a song right. brought to the, to the table of, like, this is going to go in the, the rotation. And then being willing to, like, lead the song... Uh, and and it not really land well, and being okay with like taking it out. Yeah. But but with that, I'll say like give a song enough of a chance, give it a fighting chance. And so what what we do, and this might be like just a kind of near landing a plane. But when you when you're gonna introduce a song, just to to kick the tires on it, uh, a, a helpful thing is to do it two weeks in a row, and then third week step away from it, and then bring it back the fourth week. And if by that time people haven't really engaged with it mm-hmm. or aren't talking about it and you can kind of gauge the room then maybe it is like a yeah that one just didn't mm-hmm. it didn't hurt anything but maybe that's not yeah not one that we that we keep so sometimes it's like a song does get selected and then it gets deselected yeah <laughs> you know yeah. you return it it's like like christmas you, uh, <laughs> you take it back you take it back you get store credit you find another one yeah that's right <laughs> yeah. that's right uh anything else you guys would add about song selection or worship planning as a whole? No, I mean, I, I, I just keep beating that, that drum of, you know, be sure that you're, that re- you're rehearsing people for, for eternity mm-hmm. and lead them to that point. And it's amazing how God honors that and, and just consistently doing it, moving consistently week in and week out in the same direction, uh, how, how healthy that is for, for a room. Yeah, good. I appreciate you guys being a part of this podcast for sure and the, the, the previous one as well. And if you're a listener, I hope this has been helpful to you and beneficial for your ministry. If you think so, you can rate and review it, uh, share it on your social media, and thank you for listening.